Well, good morning, everybody. Um, What a wonderful time as uh, Christmas has now passed and we start looking ahead into the new year. Um, Just uh, uh, totally amazing to look back and and see uh, 2020. And I know um, each and every one of you are looking forward to see what 21 has to offer us. So I'd like to spend some time here in the beginning talking about some things just to think upon before we dive into our verses. I'll read them just a little bit later than we normally do. I hope by the time we read our verses that you'll have something to think upon and maybe apply them a little bit as we read them. So uh, let's do some reviewing. And as we do, I would like you to look inward and see where God may be leading you or, or pressing upon your heart as we move forward today. But first, let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank You and praise You for who You are. We come to You today, here at the end of 2020, and the beginning of a new year. Help us to put aside our pride and our own ways and seek You in Your ways throughout this new year. Help us to love others more than ourselves. Guide us to grow closer to You. Teach us to be more like Christ. Build us to be prayer warriors for those around about us and lay our burdens down with confidence that You will pick them up. Produce in me a desire to read Your Word more and more throughout this new year. And dear Lord, we thank You for the growth, the protection, the guidance, and the deliverance through this past year. Show yourself great to this community and throughout the world in 2021. Help this church, your church, grow, and also each and every member in some special way this year. I ask now that your message be heard today, that I would be put aside, that your glory would shine greatly. For those that know you, build them up. And for those that may not know you as their Savior, Open up the possibility of eternal life to them so that they may know and believe you are Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want to look back a little bit here. Let's uh, go back to last Sunday when Pastor John was reviewing um, that we need to produce fruit. Not just fruit, but good fruit. Fruit are the things we do because we've decided to follow Jesus and make Him Lord of our lives. Fruit in our lives is the work we do for God's kingdom. This cannot be interpreted as, if I do good fruits, then I must be a good person. Pastor John pointed out in James, show me your faith without works, and I will show you my faith through my works. So as we look at that, works and and fruit kind of become the same thing. So, I cannot do good works to show I'm Christian, but since I am Christian, I do good works, then where do the good works come from? There are many things I desire to do. What makes them good or not so good? So this is what Pastor John summarized last week in Jesus' words. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits. Matthew 7, 20. If you missed last week's sermon, or maybe it didn't stick with you 
through the whole week, there was something else going on this past week. I urge you to go online and watch it. What a message. It should spark questions in everyone's heart. I would like this week to give you more of Jesus' words on how those fruits can come about. But first, as you're thinking about that and we're leading into, let's do a quick review of 2020. This past year surely has been one that does not match anything we've been through in our lifetime. No matter what your opinions are about it, there has been a disease that had no cure and was unknown to all who encountered it. There was a time when no one really knew what that outcome was going to be. The options, even though pretty clear, were still everything from no symptoms to possible death. How about the stress from racial tensions this past year? Again, no matter your view, we were thrust into having conversations where the very thought um, of having discussions and and, um, just possibly life-changing ideas that came out of that. And again, with extreme views abounding, the political climate this year has been staggering, to put it mildly. But now, as we come to the end of the year, we also see a bombing that has a very eerie component to it. It's hard to say what to think about this past year. I can say for certain, and again, I don't usually talk in absolutes, but certainly everyone is praying for a better year this year. Understand, though, all these different topics and people praying for a better year That's a totally different answer depending on where you stand on these topics. And God does answer prayers. So some of us may get a no. Some of us may get a yes. A lot of us are probably going to be wait. (laughs) Um, So understand if you have those varying views and you're relying on God, God will answer those prayers. But Remember, even with all these polarizing events, even with differences of opinions, even with the trials and challenges you may have faced this past year, great things can come out of that, out of all the adversity that's there. For example, I really hope you took advantage of the slowdown and developed some good habits that, can, that you can continue to do throughout this new year. Did you find more time to read your Bible? Did you pray differently? Did you pray more? Maybe you were concerned on how you could care for others this year, and that picked up a little bit. I know some of you absolutely dislike wearing this mask, yet you're doing it because of concern for others and their medical conditions that really, honestly, we don't know what is happening to our neighbor. Or maybe you thought of others and realized how difficult it was to for them and how they felt and how they reacted to different situations. And you know, we never even lived a minute in their shoes and to understand what they are going through. This year was one of many trials, challenges, and struggles. Change or just plain different can be its own challenge in our lives. All of these force us to make a decision. We can seek God for answers. I hope that was you. Or 
we can dive in with both feet, make our own decision, and see how that works out. Our trials and struggles and the outcome of our choices, well, that builds wisdom. Experience, then, builds wisdom. This can be looked at in Proverbs, you know, the fool versus the wise person, but make us look differently at that as wisdom comes from our experience. Everyone's heard the definition of, I'm use a different word here, but foolishness, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. So let's look back at those moments in 2020. There's a question I can ask each and every one of you that comes out of all of those. What wisdom has been acquired from your lessons or challenges in 2020? So as you think about some of your decisions, also think what you're basing them on. Where we find ourselves today, looking at God's Word, is are your decisions bearing good fruit? And how can I know that? So now, if you're not already there, let's open our Bibles to Luke 8, 4-15. We're going to read Jesus' words on how to produce a good crop, or, as he ends, bear fruit. If you do not have a Bible with you, there's red Bibles in the seat in front of you. You can use those. The words will also be up here on the screen. By the way, if you don't have a Bible and you would like one, contact the church, talk to an elder or a deacon here. I'm pretty sure we can help you out with that. Um, So at this time, and if you are able, please stand in honor of God's Word. And I will be reading from the English Standard Version. Luke 8... Four. And when a great crowd was gathering, and people from town after town came to him, he said in a parable, A sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot. And the birds in the air of the air devoured it. And some fell on the rock. And as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture, and fell, and some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. Verse 8, And some fell onto good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. As he said these things, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when the disciples asked him what this parable meant, He said, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. But for others, they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now, on verse 11, now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. The ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those who, they hear the word, receive it with joy, but these have no root. They believe for a while, and in the time of testing, fall away. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, But as they go on their way are choked out by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. As for the good soil, 
They are those hearing the word, hold fast in an honest and good heart, and bear fruit with patience. Jesus lays it out pretty simply here. He tells us, oh, you may be seated, I'm sorry. (laughs) Jesus, he does lay it out pretty simply here and tells us what each soil represents. I'm pretty sure as you look down in the fill-ins, you can probably fill in the rest of the the sheets that are out. So what? Sermon done? Have a great day. Happy New Year. Uh, Yeah, don't get your hopes up that easily. So let's look at these pictures. Right here we see a couple types of gardens maybe. Look at the path through the corn. And so the gardener can walk down between the rows of crops. Nothing growing on that path at all. Or how about the other picture? Rocks. Oh my gosh, can I get an amen for anybody who gardens? You can pick rocks out of your garden and the very next year, it's like, where did that come from? It was huge. How did I not see it last year? But still, tough growing in that type of soil. Our verses now point out thorns. Look at this overgrown deal. I hope you're not dealing with thorn bushes in your garden. But it's another way of looking at weeds that could choke out your garden so the crops fail. And finally, we look at good soil where the crops are growing. That doesn't just happen, though, does it? We have to fertilize. We have to work that ground so it can possibly be the best it can be. But wait, there's even one more question that I can bring up here. Even if we have done our best, even if we have fertilized, even if we had done everything possible to make that ground good, and the plants are growing amazingly in the ground, we still don't get the same harvest year after year after year. Our harvest can be different. Even though we've tried to make everything perfect. So as we look at those first few verses and Jesus laying out the parable with no real explanation, we look at that and we can maybe see ourselves in the different types of soil. So then there's two things that can be downfalls as we look at these verses. One of them is, I can try to put myself in one of the categories. And as I look through them, well, I'm not that, and I'm not that. Maybe I fit here. Well, I do a lot of good, so I must be that. But understand, we can be all those soils in one garden. We can have rocky soil that doesn't produce. We can have hard ground that just won't let things grow. Different soils can be in one garden. And each and every day, we live each and every one of these examples out. Or how about, since I see myself in maybe rocky soil at this time, that I question myself and why I am not producing more. Why am I not that good soil? So again, let's dive down into the other verses after that and see what this parable is and what it is for in the sense that we are that garden or we are a planted field. Jesus' point here is what kind of ground are you? Or more appropriately, is your heart? 
But first of all, I don't want to miss two points as we dive into the different types of soils. I do want to point out that Jesus says, and this is kind of easy because he lays it right out, that the seed is the Word of God. But understand, we surely don't want plant one seed and expect a whole garden to pop out of that. In the same sense, God's Word cannot just be heard on a Sunday. And you see a total Christ-centered life come from that also there is no such thing as i've gotten enough of god's word today i understand that each of us has a job responsibilities a purpose and we need to work out that purpose so also the other side is our day is not filled with seeding but if we are to be that perpetual garden producing all the time then seeds need to be planted daily so our crops are continually producing and God can use us to feed others all year long. This can be a whole sermon by itself. How about the second point? A little more difficult, but I would be remiss not to show it because it is important. Jesus says He talks in parables so that those who have eyes do not see and those who have ears will not hear. This is Jesus saying that those who have no desire to seek Him out whatsoever will not understand what is being taught. Not that God can't give understanding. Of course He can. But if someone chooses to ignore the existence of God, then understanding God is not possible. Just as A.W. Towser points out, Faith comes first to the hearing ear, not to the cogitating mind. And cogitating, just a big word for saying, thinking about something very deeply. So if we are thinking with our mind in no relationship, then we are those who don't understand parables. And God actually, there's as I was reading through this and looking up some of the information, Some of the theologians out there look at this as God's way of protecting those a little bit more who don't seek Him. Because if you know God's Word and you choose to ignore God's Word, that is a judgment in all itself. That as we learn more, we are to do more. We are to be growing more. So those who don't seek God need to not know more so they don't pile on judgment after judgment. Their own judgment will be worse enough. So the fill-ins at this point are very easily figured out. But let's look at each one in the application that lies before us. So the first one, he says, fall on a hard path. Notice, though, what Jesus is pointing out here. It is about the devil taking away understanding from those who are seeking and keeping them from being saved. If you're here today and you do not have Christ as your personal Savior, this is a warning for you. I hope you are here and I pray that you want to know more and understand who this Jesus is. Each week, Pastor John will stand up here and urge those who are seeking to talk to someone. But if you find fear, anxiety, or thoughts of, maybe I'll do this next week, That is all the devil trying his best to keep you from God. Because we Christians know that once you are in the palm of his hand, nothing can remove you from it. 
The devil knows this too. And he can be subtle and convincing about taking you in a direction that leads away from God. So if you are struggling and feel that call from Jesus to come near, I urge you to resist the devil and his schemes. Come talk to one of the elders, a deacon, or even a member of this church. We will fight alongside you. Your eternity is important for each of us. And what a glorious day when a new saint is added to the roll up yonder. Next is falling on the rocks. Jesus is addressing those of us who are believers now. You have to prepare your heart and spend time in the Word each day. Just as He mentions in this verse, if your heart is rock hard, you hear God's Word, you may receive it with joy and accept it as truth, but soon after you hear it, you're not cultivating it. You're not cultivating it with more of God's truth. No root has taken place. Only hearing God's Word once a week is not enough to, for good growth. I mean, really think about your garden if we're continuing this analogy. If I water my garden once a week, nothing will grow properly. It'll die out. Lack of water. Same here with the rock. If I don't cultivate it and, and refresh it daily, it will die out. So also, our busy days and distractions that during your meditation on God's Word can take you away from that so you're not feeding it properly. It's not only that we hear the words. It's not only do we read the words. Do we understand? Are we applying them and living them out? The devil knows that if he can distract you, if he can take you away, then it will keep you from winning others. How is that? Learning and understanding of God's words fall away from you, you will not have the confidence that you need to share with others around you. So next we look at falling among the thorns. This seems to be the easiest pitfall for any Christian in my estimation. The world is very attractive. Books like Crazy Love, Not a Fan, will convict us on how much the world has become part of our lives and Jesus is made to fit that. How about instead, Jesus is our life, and the world needs to fit around that. Just like gardening, where you put hours of labor and toil to place that perfect garden, but then you stop working the ground around your seeds or around your plants. Just, there it is, I planted it, I'm done. Weeds will grow. Sometimes a weed grows so fast, that you're not even sure if that's the weed or the plant you had placed in the ground. So goes the world. The world will overcome you so fast that you don't even remember God's Word. You could actually twist God's Word at that point to fit what you feel is necessary. So if you let the ground go, just like in that picture we saw earlier, it'll overcome the garden, choke out any good plants you may be expecting. Same goes for our lives. We must cultivate our heart, accept what is right and scriptural, and pluck what is worldly, cultural. Remove our focus from the goals that lies before us. Boy, that was an easy statement to say, but how about applying that? You know, the rubber meeting the road. We all fail here from time to time. Jesus knows this. This is why He gives us these warnings. 
We live in a country that tells us every day, we deserve better. We deserve that nice item. We deserve this. And our country is prosperous enough to allow it. So even if we weigh these things that we want, that we do, against Scripture, sometimes we can find Scripture that agrees. Sometimes we find Scripture that disagrees. That's the weeds and the seeds, right? I'm not saying that you can have, that you can't have nice things, right? We can have nice things. But on the other hand, I'm not saying we can. I'm not saying the whole world is bad. But also, at the same time, I'm not saying the world is good. Was that confusing enough for you? (laughs) So what I am saying is line it up with God's Word. And how can you do such a thing if it's not set upon your heart? Spend time in His Word. Plant many seeds. Weigh your desires against His truths. Make sure your desire is not an idol or something that takes you from God's purpose. We all make choices each and every moment of the day. Some are God-honoring, some are not. This is the hazard we live in a fallen world. If we allow, though, these bad habits, this bad, if we don't plant our garden and, and cultivate our ground with God's Word, these weeds can take root. We see God's Word and purpose becoming choked out in our lives by other things, busyness, worldliness, just things that don't belong. So in a Bible study we're doing in Sunday school, Matt Chandler reviews these verses and describes some of our trials, things that are coming up and just making us have a hard time moving forward as God pulling weeds from our lives. Now picture that. We want something or we desire something. Maybe it isn't good for us. But God, our loving God, is pulling on that and pulling on that to get rid of that weed in our lives. And you know what? Depending on how deep the roots are, something we've been doing for years, a long time, part of our lives, dare I say generational, is on how hard He will be pulling. And if you garden at all, what happens if we don't get the whole root? It comes right back, exactly. So if God is weeding, then He's going after the whole root. Some roots go deep, and the digging will continue. If we are becoming more like Jesus every day, then understand the weeds need to be gone with the whole root. If you're hanging on to something that needs to be gone, then the work will be harder. At some point, I don't even picture a weed anymore, but maybe a tree growing in your garden. And anybody who's done stump removal know this is not an easy task. And God will work on your roots that He wants gone. So the next ground is good soil. Luke writes that Jesus tells us if God's Word falls on a heart that is open, honest, and good then a harvest will come. You will see what to to do that is right in God's eyes. Just like the seed that overcomes weeds, that seed lands in good ground, good soil, and will continually be 
to be cared for. So if a seed lands in the weeds, we have to care for that ground. We have to take care of those weeds. Just like if we land in good soil, the weeding never stops. The ground doesn't ever stop. The fertilizing, the watering never stops. We have to care for it. Going back to the garden analogy, though, also that seed does not always produce the same harvest. I can think back on our garden this year. We planted, we we worked the ground really hard this year to get rid of rocks and clay to make that ground as good as possible. We added fertilizer. It was a fantastic garden. We were going to have such a great yield. And then some plants were amazing. Great yields came from them. And then our corn, I don't know what happened to that. It was all small, short, and just not any good. But you know what? That is exactly a picture of what God is doing here. Matthew, when describing this same parable that Luke is writing about, ends a little differently. So Matthew 13.23 says, As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. Pretty much the same as Luke. But then he goes, He indeed bears fruit and yields. In one case, a hundredfold. In another, sixty. And in another, thirty. And if you garden, you know you don't always get the same yield year after year after year. So Matthew shows us that our hearts are prepared differently by our own abilities and by God. God will allow our harvest to be as abundant as He needs. You may have seasons of great harvest or real strong growth. There are times when you will only produce a little. Take comfort in the harvest you are currently producing. Every garden needs a time to reset because then it will produce even better. As I I said in the beginning, we find ourselves in different types of soils in different seasons of our lives. Jesus, with these words, tells us to beware of the pitfalls we may find ourselves in. His words should encourage us, though. They should strengthen us. We can find comfort in understanding that He knows how we are. He gives us grace to find true love in His arms. And then our desire to pull in close and produce our fruit for Him. As Pastor John said on Christmas Eve, not because we have to, but because we want to. And then on the other side, we have a desire, our want to. We, we build that desire. On the other side of that, we look at the trials. We don't desire trials, but trials come. That's when the weeding begins. That's when the cultivating happens. That's when your garden grows stronger. Charles Spurgeon put it like this. Trials teach us what we are. They dig up the soil and let us see what we are made of. They turn up some ill weeds on the surface. So as we come to the end of this, this past year surely has given us a lot to work with. Are you hard ground, seeking but keep being distracted? Are you rocky soil, coming to church each and every Sunday, being renewed and refreshed just to be everything you do not want to be the next time difficulties arrive? Are you being choked out by weeds of this world, finding rest in a world that cannot satisfy? Or are you good ground, seeking, learning, and understanding that God, 
the Bible, and prayer are an everyday application that washes over you. And remember, every season is different for you and those around you. Different seasons produce different fruit. Examine yourself. Cultivate your ground. Have patience while you are producing fruit. But make sure you are producing fruit. Christians, please renew your commitment to God. Seek Him every day of your life, not just Sundays. Also, New Year's resolutions are so worldly. And it's almost a joke on how fast we give up on them. So don't make a resolution this year. Make a promise. Promise God to remember His words. To spend more time in it. To spend more time in prayer. To spend more time serving God. But also remember God's words. It is better not to make an oath than to make one and not keep it. So I encourage each of you, find a little step that you can take forward this year. There are plenty of opportunities to serve here at church. There's more to know about the Bible than a lifetime can have. So spend a little more time in the Bible. And my goodness, God loves to have a conversation with you. Pray continually, as he says, throughout the day. Seek him and seek his direction in your life. He will give it to you. Well, if you do not have Jesus as Lord in your life, then I urge you not to wait. Seek out someone and ask how you can know without a shadow of a doubt that Jesus is the Messiah and he lives and will return one day. That each of us is broken and a sinner, and we deserve only wrath from God, the only righteous judge. But Jesus, while we were still sinners, died for us and bore the penalty that is rightfully ours. He builds many mansions for us to stay with Him in heaven forevermore. So do not wait another minute, for who can tell what tomorrow will bring? We are not even sure what the next minute will bring. Do not let these words fall on hard ground. Seek someone out as soon as you can and put the devil's plans behind you. Contemplate on these words. Apply them to your decisions in 2020. Think of these things. Cultivate your ground. Take the hard ground that you find in your lives and stamp it out. Cultivate it. Plant seeds. Get rid of the rocks that destroy the roots of God's Word in your lives. And also, the weeds. Take the weeds out that continue to choke your vision for the future. Fall on good ground. Be that good ground in 2021. 